Welcome everyone to the Never Said Die podcast. I'm your host TJ and with me again as always is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. Now grumpy, um, it's been a while since we've talked last. Not having these bi-weekly podcasts, you know, we're kind of changing up to once a week now, but not having these bi-weekly podcasts, I have not been getting my daily or, you know, bi-weekly dose of the grumpy old man in. Well, that's unfortunate for you. Uh, I hate to say it. Uh, I realize your life is not the same without uh, getting your bi-weekly grumpy old man conversations to set you straight, keep set you straight, keep you on the straight and narrow. Uh, I can understand why you're a little distraught at this time. I feel like the listeners also might be a little distraught. I don't want to go ahead and assume on their behalf, but I mean, they're not getting their bi-weekly dose of the grumpy old man either. Well, hopefully they're out enjoying the nice weather around their house, getting some yard work done. Uh, you know, the grumpy old man is here to educate as always. So, you know, I want to give the people a break. I mean, I don't want to overfill their brains with knowledge. So once a week, we'll have to do for this at this period in time. And, you know, funny you bring up the yard work and housework type of items. I feel like this is a time better than ever. I mean, like all these items that you've been pushing off, you're like, oh, I'll take care of, you know, oh, the shed. I'll take care of fixing the shed another time. Oh, you know, the house it needs to be painted. I'll take care of another time. The deck needs a new coat of wax on it, whatever. I feel like now is the perfect time to go ahead and do that. Unfortunately, myself, I live in an apartment. I don't have any of those type of activities to keep me busy. Who waxes their deck? No one waxes their deck. I never heard of such a thing. You I might feel like water. they do. They, they go ahead and keep the rain off or something, make it last longer. People you do might, that. You might water seal it, but you wouldn't wax it. Water I mean, seal. That's what I was looking for. I mean, uh, again, here, like I said, obviously, I don't get to espouse knowledge to you, and now you don't know even what they do with decks to keep them to keep them lasting longer. They don't wax them. They'll maybe water seal them. Yeah. So, <laughs> once again, spreading the knowledge from the grumpy old man. Oh, Grumpy. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm not sure if you've heard Grumpy Old Man, but Anatoly Goloshev, um, I think he was a fourth round pick back in 2016 for the New York Islanders, plays in the KHL, kind of came up in the news last season. Um, he was rumored to come to the NHL. And then, you know, he was quickly shot down. Um, he, he's like, I'm having a kid. I want to spend time with our kid. You know, I want to make sure he grows up in a stable environment, blah, 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 along those lines. But long story short, he was not going to be coming to the NHL. Now, just recently in an interview, he says, I admit, this is a direct quote from him, and obviously it was in Russian, but he says, I admit that now I am busy looking for a home in New York where I will move in a year. Did he say that in English or in Russian? Russian. Uh, and this is just translated oh, to English. Translation. Okay, I, I thought maybe you were going to give us a little Russian trans <laughs> translation of that. I will be... Looking for a house in Long Island area. I don't know. I, I was about to say, Grumpy, I've had a lot of free time on my hands. I've had a lot of free time on my hands, but not enough free time to learn Russian. So, <laughs> Well, you just use English and just put a little Russian accent, accent to it. That's all you got to do. No. Yes, but I feel like it, it was important to go ahead and bring up on, on in the, co the topic of conversation that uh, Anatoly Goloshev planning on joining the New York Islanders um, – in a year's time. So that would be, I guess, the 2021 season. And again, we're looking pretty far out. But in the same token, I mean, that's a guy who's who has been pretty consistent in the KHL if you look at point production-wise and just his ability to perform. So, Well, how old is he? Do you know offhand about I think offhand, I believe he's 25. I'm not 100% sure. Let me pull that, though. Okay, well, that, that's okay. That means he's probably got another three or four years in Bridgeport before he has a shot of making the Islanders. You usually have to wait till you're 30 before they'll call you up, uh, at least with this current regime. So maybe he should look for a house in Connecticut. <laughs> okay, he is 25 years old and <laughs> grumpy. I like I like the little jab there. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, you know, he's a guy who, who might be able to produce at the NHL level. Again, you know, anytime you, he's a smaller guy, Grumpy, and I know how much you dislike smaller forwards and smaller defensemen, but um, his height is measured at five foot seven, 187 pounds. Okay, I have to assume. I, here's the thing I don't know anything about him, honestly. I see, hold on real quick. I see anywhere from five seven to five nine. So, long story short, he's definitely a smaller player. Okay, he's if he's shorter than me, he's small. So I'm at, and that's not even close. He's not even close to my height. 
So, uh, like I said, I'm just, I have to assume, I, like I said, I don't know a whole lot about him, but I would have to assume he would probably, I guess he can skate. I'm hoping he can skate. Uh, you know, anybody who plays in Russia or any of these foreign countries, they're so, to me, they're so far away from actually playing in the league. How, look how long we've been talking about Sorokin, right? Three years since his podcast started. Yes. Um, you know, how often you seen him play? I mean, I've seen him play a couple of a couple of games on TV. That's about it. Um, but I don't even know anything about Sorokin. I'm going to be honest with you. I hate to admit it, but I don't know anything about Sorokin. I don't know if he's a goal scorer, but I have to assume at that size. No, you said Sorokin. You mean goal chef. I'm sorry. Goal, yeah. See, I don't even remember his name. See, there you go. He living in Russia. He's not even important enough for me to know his name. Um, but I would have to assume at that size, he's not a he's not a banger. He's probably a skill player or uh, a pest, a super pest. Yeah, I mean, a guy puts up points. I mean, I, again, I don't want to cherry pick certain seasons, but his I guess best point production per season when he played fifty six games and uh, recorded forty four points, twenty five goals. I mean, he's right around the twenty goal mark a year or season type of guy. So. Um, Again, I don't think he's going to be lighting the world on fire, but you know, it, it possibly could help a little bit with our wing situation. Well, maybe they'll make him like a cold, you know, one of those call ups from Bridgeport, like Cole Vardrow or you know whoever, and many of the just the Jags as I call them to pull up. Certainly not anybody to move. It doesn't seem like he's anybody to move the dial uh, for us offensively. That's all I have to say about that. And now, Grumpy, oh my gosh, and. We're speaking about Russian-born players. I think there was a guy. Was it Yan Kovar who used to play for us for a little bit of time? And he got very upset the fact that he was not. I mean, like he he played for us for a little bit, and then we demoted him, I think, or he was practicing with the team. Then we sent him down to Bridgeport, and he decided no longer to stay with the organization. Then he went to the the, to the Bruins, and you know, bounced around a little bit. Is that correct? Yep. Wow. I'll be honest. I totally had forgot about Yan Kovar, but I mean, he was a guy who has, I guess you could say, more point production than Anatoly Goloshev um, in the KHL. But again, point production is not all. It's not end all be all. And um, I just uh, I, thought. Let me just interrupt you real quick. Uh, you just kind of jumped from this Goloshev fella to Yan Kovar. I was wondering if you were having an acid trip or something just to do a flip flop like that. That's usually, that's my gig is to do the. The mindless flip flopping, not yours. Don't confuse me because if you expect me to pay attention to things you say, you cannot be, uh, you know, skipping the needle on the record, so to speak. To be honest, my my brain must be going to mush with all this time I'm spending quarantined in in the apartment with your um, fiance, right? With your fiance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Well, that's unfortunate for her, but you know. <laughs> I'll tell you, it definitely is unfortunate for her. <laughs> Um, but it's, uh, yes, I was just drawing, I was just trying to draw the comparison. I think they played for the same exact club in Russia, not a hundred percent sure. Um, but I, I do remember the last, uh, Russian forward that we brought over was Jan Kovar and, you know, Islander fans got excited about it at the time period and kind of rightfully so because he was a guy who put up good point production in the KHL and he was a center too. So, um, and kind of didn't work out here in the NHL at all for the Islanders or the Bruins. So I, I thought it was, you know, kind of nice to bring up the comparison there because, you know, who knows how he's going to translate. A lot of a lot of Russian players don't necessarily translate. They head home. It's you know, it's not form in the NHL. Yeah, well, I hope it, honestly, I hope it works out for us. But you know, it, and I real, I'm just, I'm just really reaching here. But you know, where is he going to fit in? He just seems like he's a forward who just fits in with. The whole glut of just average forwards that we have populating our roster now. So I was about to say bottom six, perhaps. Yeah, we need. I would. Yeah, I mean, we need somebody who can move the dial on this team. I, you know, bringing in more, you know, bottom six guys. We don't need to do that. We're filled with our whole roster is pr practically bottom six guys. We need more top six talent on this team. Period. And that's the grumpy old man point of the day. He always has to get that in at least once every podcast. And he's not wrong. No, it doesn't change. Like I said, um, there's no shame in my game because I'm always the same. I mean, if anyone can actually tell me that we have enough top six talent on this team to compete for a Stanley Cup, 
I mean, I got to say they're delusional. That's all. But honestly, I'd love for somebody to actually challenge me on that. I mean, I don't think you can. I know you can't. You don't have the skills to challenge the grumpy old man. We all know that. Uh, well, grumpy. Let me put it to you like this. I think we don't have enough top-end talent on the team. And I think a lot of people do agree that, at least offensively. Defensively, I think we're fine. Um, and somebody brought up an interesting point of view to me. And I could see this maybe happening. Um, not sure how plausible it is, but I could definitely see it happening. But if the Islanders were to trade Nick Letty this offseason, which you know you and I were both in support of last year, and I think we're both in support of this year, just because of the, the, the return you could have for a guy like that on defense, where for the most part, I know this year our goaltending was not as outstanding as last season's, and our defense was not as good after we lost Pellick. But a guy like Nick Letty could return uh, – either draft capital or a pretty a pretty penny there on the offensive side of the puck, depending on what else you give up. And someone threw out the scenario, if you were to trade Nicoletti, keeping Andy Green for an extra season and pairing him up with Noah Dobson and having Johnny Boychuk being the seventh defenseman might actually work out in the Islanders' best interest. And it got me thinking. I'm like, I, don't, I necessarily don't disagree with that. No. Sorry. I don't, I, why would you want to re-sign – 37, soon to be 38-year-old Andy Green back. I mean, unless it's a one-year vet minimum contract, maybe. Uh, I just don't. I, the team needs to get younger, not older. So you want to keep, you want to get rid of a, I mean, how old is Letty? 30, 31? I mean, and you want to trade him, get rid of him and bring in Andy Green, who's going to be 38? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just. I just I figure just Andy Reid's a gone is gone. He's a rental. He'll be gone in the offseason. And you're right. I have no issue at all trading Nick Letty. We should have traded him last year. We could have got more for him. Um, but I'm not opposed to moving him at all. We need okay. The defense isn't really the problem, especially when Pellet comes back. It's the top six. That's the whole issue with this team. And unless you're getting that back top six talent. Why? I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there are guys out there, top six talent, that we could pick up from other teams that maybe we could move uh, um, Nick Letty for. What about, what about Edmonton, right? You got Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They need some veteran, a, a steady veteran defense, uh, somebody on the defensive end like Nick Letty. I, I wouldn't mind doing a trade like that. Well, that, that was actually in this scenario that – you know, you trade Nick Letty away. Obviously, it's it, it it would require a lot of you know moving parts and pieces, but you you acquire a little bit of draft capital for Nick Letty. Um, you leverage that in a uh, a cost effective defenseman that's on the team now. Uh, whether you're like a Mayfield, you know, whatever you whatever floats your boat for a guy that kind of helps shore up things in Edmonton because Edmonton again they're going to be in cap trouble in the situation they have where. And remember, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has one year left on his deal. And for for the production he he put up this season, then you know, it's kind of turned he's kind of come into fruition for where he was drafted. And he's gonna he's gonna get a lot in the free agent market, you have to assume. That's another guy that's gonna be a candidate for eight plus million a year. Well, I'm not opposed for trading for somebody like that. Um I I mean, I don't know. Here's the thing. And the thing is, in the bigger picture, he's like, okay, you move Nick Letty, you replace Nick Letty with a guy like Andy Green, Noah Dobson steps into the role, you kind of phase out Johnny Boychuk, then the year after maybe you phase out Andy Green with a one-year contract. I don't mind. I mean, it was I thought it was an interesting thought process, and I think maybe you know, long-term it does help. I mean, because when it comes down to it, there are going to be injuries to your defensive core, and it happens every year. This year, for the most part, again, we're relatively healthy. We lost Adam Pellick, and we lost a whole bunch of the bottom six guys for you know short time periods. Bottom six guys shouldn't have a serious effect on your team success. I'm just going to throw that one out there. And we lost one defenseman. Well, that's not if you talk to Cal. If you talk to the management of the Islanders, losing Cal Clutterbuck was a monumental stumbling block to our success this year. A fourth line winger. Um, you know, you would think that. Uh, well. People well, I mean, go ahead and talk to a Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh um, a Penguin fan. 
They lost, you know, Crosby, Gensel for an extended time period. They lost Latang. They lost legitimate contributors on their team. And you know what I mean? They're still alive and kicking. Um, but it's not, and, and I want to kind of get back to the point. It's not absurd to think that you might have two defense, two defensemen of, you know, your core six out at any one time period. It's not unbelievable to try to, you know, conceive that. So, you know, worst case scenario next season, we could have two, three guys out at the defensive court at the same time. And that's when you guys like, you know, your um, Sebastian Ajo's down there in Bridgeport, maybe Parker Witherspoon. There's, I mean, guys have to step up, but if you look at, who is ready to step up from the A right now? I mean, it's maybe Parker Witherspoon and Sebastian Ajo. And after that, I'm not sure there's much. I don't, again, like Bodie Wild obviously is not ready. Um, I mean, Mitchell Van Sample is out. You know, he missed the entire year. You have to assume he wouldn't be ready anytime soon. But, you know, obviously you want to prepare for these doomsday ish type scenarios so you have the depth to where if an injury does occur, you're able to go ahead and just transition someone smoothly in. Well, yeah, I mean, I can see that, but I mean, like I said, until we address, legitimately address our top six forwards, and I'm going to say our top line, the top line, until we address that with some high, and I'm not opposed to the Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Here's the thing. He's a center by trade, um, but I'm sure he could play on the wing. Um, I just, I'm not sure which wing he plays on, honestly. I don't, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, he'd be a nice fit for the first line. He's got wheels uh, for certain. I don't know how defensively responsible he is. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him in. I mean, but you're going to you're gonna have to move some guys with contract. You're going to have to oh, move some guys. Absolutely. And that's what when you go ahead and move Nick Letty, you're going to have to move other pieces to go ahead and free up the space, especially with the guys we're planning on bringing over next season. Um, but, and this kind of brings to a point that you've talked about, I want to say, since we started the podcast, um, and given Brock Nelson having another career season, unfortunately going to be shut shut down short due to maybe possibly the coronavirus, maybe shortened, who knows. But you always thought Brock Nelson was more of a natural wing. I know he's grown into a great center under the Barry Trotz system. It just gives you that flexibility where you could slide a Brock Nelson out there on wing if you want. All right. He's not a great center. He's not. He never will be. You're talking about Brock Nelson, correct? Of course I'm talking about Brock Nelson. You said he's become a great center. He's a great center, Grumpy. No, he's not. He never will be. He is what he is. Uh, I've always, I've actually always liked him as a third-line center. I think he would make a fantastic third-line center. Um, and optimally, wouldn't you love to have him as your third-line center? I know I would. Um, and then maybe you slide Pajot down to play in the fourth line. Casey Zizekas deal is coming up in a year or two. Maybe you move on from him. Um, you know, those are just some thoughts. I mean, we just need more high. We just need more, some more high end talent on this team. Hold on, Grumpy. You cannot try to tell me you're supporting the idea after the season Brock Nelson's had this year, where in 68 games, he's got 26 goals, 28 assists. 54 total points in 68 games. You're, you are trying to support for him going and being a third-line center. He's one of the leaders on our team in points. Yeah, so what? I mean, you know, if you had a team with uh, Gretzky as your number one two, well, number one center, Lemieux as your number two, and Mark Messier as your number three, you're trying to say, tell me you wouldn't take that? Talk about rolling lines. How about doing something like that? I mean, is the better your team is, um, you know, the deeper your team is, the better it is. I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that. I mean, Brock Nelson's done a good job the last two years. I mean, I'm not denying that, but I'd love to have him as a third line center and have somebody. I mean, I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins is way better offensively than Brock Nelson is. I, I agree. Let's see. How would you like to have? There's your, there's your, there's your two centers, Barzal, Nugent Hopkins, Nelson. Boy, talk about being strong down the middle. Well, I wanted to go ahead and throw out there, I mean, like, if Brock Nelson were to play wing, you know, that gives you a chance to go ahead and move one of your favorite one of your favorite players down Maybe. to possibly a third time. Yeah, possibly down to a third-line role. And the thing is, obviously, if you were to get a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, it just opens up a lot of different avenues. Honestly, you can get creative with it. You can do – it gives Barry Trotz a lot of flexibility when you have that amount of centers and guys who are, are – 
are efficient at the center position. So I don't know. Long long story short, if we were to to make a move or something of that nature, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I think, would be an ideal fit. Uh, again, I think Edmonton's a good trade partner. We've had some good luck with them in the past. So, you know, I feel like Edmonton's always easy to continue to, you know, just, you know, throw out there. Well, I'll, you know, I'm going to comment on the Josh Bailey thing. I've always said that I feel, and you know it, that Josh Bailey's a third-line player. And I think he'd really, really shine in that role. I mean, I have no problem with him on the team if he's playing a third-line role. I don't want to see him on the first line or the second line. He's just not good enough. But as a third-liner, I have absolutely no problem with Josh Bailey. I mean, I would love to see this team get three legitimate top or at least two legitimate top six forwards in the offseason. I mean, I just, I think it's imperative for us moving forward, honestly. Well, getting a guy like Ryan Nugent Hawkins, I think definitely helps a lot offensively. And he's already got chemistry with Jordan Everly. So, I, again, you know, they used to play together at one time period. So, you know, maybe they again, it just gives us a lot of options for a guy, you know, he's already got a little bit of chemistry with in Jordan Everly, who again hasn't had a great season this year. So maybe, you know, bringing back an old pal might help him out. Yeah, I'm gonna say just, you know, unless Lamarillo makes some moves in the offseason, you're just shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. We need to have veteran well, I'm gonna say veteran because we're not gonna play the young guys. That's pretty obvious. Um but let's say, I mean, I don't think Walstom's really ready. I mean, I don't think that uh, Bellows is ready for a top six role at this time. Uh, and who else do we have down there? Koivula? I don't think he's a top six guy at this time. We need top six players, legitimate top six players, guys who've been around for a little while who might be available. I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins is certainly one of them. Taylor Hall is, a, even though I wouldn't espouse going after him, I don't. I never thought he was that good. Even when he had that great year uh, where he won the Hart Trophy, um, I don't, I don't want to see them throw money at Taylor Hall, so to speak. Um, and I could be wrong there because he might. I mean, he's another guy with wheels. Unless you're going to get Nugent Hopkins and kind of pair those guys up, you know, maybe something like that. You can bring back the old Nugent Hopkins, Taylor Hall, and Jordan Everly line. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be something. But and I think you're right when you talk about. Is Oliver Wallstrom ready for a top six role? I would argue probably not. Um, I think Kiefer Bellows is ready for NHL time. Whether it's you know to be thrust into a top six role, I'm not sure yet. Um, again, like you have to prove it. He's it, honestly, I think he deserves a chance to prove it though, and that's the biggest thing. Will they get even the chance? Um, no, they won't. I mean, the core of this team is older. We're an old core. I mean. What you need to get younger. I mean, we need to get younger as an organization, not older. I mean, let's move out some of, you know, the Leo Komarovs. The, gosh, you know what? It's been so long since I watched play. I forgot half the players on the team, but they're all the same. It's 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 crazy to think that since we haven't been watching hockey now, it's almost been like three weeks, grumpy old man. I find it feels like the off season, but it's not. It feels like three months since any sporting event has been on. It's, it's been it's been rough. It's been rough. I mean, I I don't I don't watch TV shows like that. I don't I don't you know keep up with sitcoms or anything like that. I just turn on sports. I watch sports again. Like I talked about it last podcast, I would watch competitive dart throwing before like your 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 sitcom on NBC or anything like. Oh, the, correction. There's one sitcom I watch, which is Brooklyn Nine Nine. It has little funny moments here and there, um, but it's I, I'm not a big like sitcom guy. Not having sports has been brutal for me. That's for sure. Well, I watch some old games uh, that I have, you know, I some old games that I've uh, saved up. Uh, I've been able to get a bunch of stuff off my DVR, so that's a good thing. But then the NFL Network is showing a bunch of old classic stuff, so I watch that. They also, um, you know, on the MSG Network, they've been showing some Islander games from earlier this year. So I've been watching some of those. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that game. Oh, yeah, look at how bad Nelson was. Look at how terrible Bailey was. Uh, oh, where's Thomas Hickey? He should be out there too. Oh, so there's <laughs> another thing, right? You want to bring back Andy Green, right? Why would you re-sign Andy Green to anything that costs any money at all? You already got Andy Green Jr. in Thomas Hickey down, uh, down in Bridgeport, and I think he's still under contract for another couple of years. 
Yeah. Um, it was just an interesting thought process that was brought up. I do think that the Islanders do need to make moves this offseason. This cannot be another offseason where the Islanders go, just go ahead and tote the status quo and say, what we have on this team is, you know, it's going to help us move towards our end goals. That is not going to be a recipe for success. Really quickly, Grumpy Old Man, before I get your response, I just want to go ahead and talk. We had our sponsors for today um, were Manscaped. So they sent, I, I know they sent me, Grumpy, um, one the Lawnmower 3.0. And it came in, to be honest with you, it came pretty quick. Um, the package, <laughs> it had a whole bunch of things. It had like some underwear, some t-shirts, you know, obviously like some clippers and everything like that. But for those who don't know, Manscaped is a way for men to groom themselves. You know, you can shave chest hair, you know, hair in, um, in closed areas, you know, not on your head, not on your face. Um, and it keeps you from cutting yourself as you're shaving. I, I used the product. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Or I didn't enjoy it. I thoroughly enjoyed not having to be so cautious when I when I did my grooming. Let me put it like that. Hold on. So you enjoyed grooming your nether region? Is this what you're trying? You did say I had, it. I, had, I, had, I, knew, I knew as soon as I said it, I said I have to reword this because that's not exactly what I mean. Okay, I enjoyed might. not having to be precautious with every single movement where I'm afraid I'm going to go ahead and nick something down there or go ahead and cut myself. I, I did enjoy having the flexibility to kind of be like, oh, this is just like a nonchalant action I do now. Not like I have to be completely aware and attentive to what I'm doing. Did they show you uh, like a video on how to do it? You know, so maybe you filmed it so you could, you know, show people how to do it without injuring themselves. <laughs> is that possible? I don't no, know. that that was not part. No, that was not part of what I had to do. Um, but you know, it came with, and honestly, the package they put together was kind of nice. It came with like a, a newspaper. It was like, uh, it, and obviously, it was all like you know, play on words and everything like that. I thought it was it was pretty neat. I you know. I had always heard a lot of people, you know, do hey, do go to go do Manscape and everything like that. You hear it a lot of times on YouTube videos that they're sponsored by, and I was always thinking about actually just buying one because I'm like, nah, maybe it's just worth going ahead, you know, making the investment and just buying it, just like a pair of clippers or whatever. And uh, we got one, and I'll be honest, I I'm beyond happy with it. I could not be more obviously, pleased with the product. Obviously, you said you enjoyed the whole process. <laughs> I mean, it's the type of cream that you rub on there. I mean, you're being so secretive. I don't know what it even is because the grumpy old man didn't get one of those things you didn't tell me that they were giving away underwear and t-shirts oh no so i mean so you got underwear t-shirts and some type of magical cream or i don't know what even i don't even know what it is well, you want to know the funny thing is i think they actually had i didn't i don't mess with creams or anything like that it came in the package like two different things i didn't read them i need to go back and read like what type of they sent like some type of like cream or like pre i don't know long story short i don't use that type of stuff um, and I saw it came in a package. I didn't even use it, but it, <laughs> they did go ahead and send it. It was a pretty comprehensive package, but, um, yeah, so I, I enjoyed the product to be honest, grumpy old man. I mean, I, I'm looking at the picture here. I didn't, I, like I said, I the, just, the picture. Just, I know you didn't get one, but I sent you a picture so you could understand as well. Cause it was obviously all set up through the hockey podcast network. Very grateful for them as always. Um, but I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to read it. It says the manscaped daily news. We save balls. And then it gives you a little thing. Package. I can't read it. It's too the, – the, the, like I said, the grumpy old man's eyes aren't that good. Good for your package. And then they it, all, Yeah, they had, they had a lot of stuff where it was all play on words. And the thing is it came with a nice uh, carrying bag in case you wanted to go ahead. You know, if you were traveling and you needed to go ahead and, and you know, shave up down there or anything like that, um, it, can't, it comes with a package. Um, and unfortunately – you know, obviously the shirt and the pants didn't fit me. They were like, or the sh the shirt and the shorts didn't fit me. They were like larges, and I'm an XL, so I wasn't gonna shimmy my body into anything like that. But you know, they sent it was it was a pretty nice package, and it came with a whole bunch of stuff. So again, very thankful for Manscaped. They, I know they espouse here uh, talking about cleanliness. It's cleanse your area down there, and get in position. I don't know what the position is. I guess it's some type of spread your legs thing. I don't know. Um, but the, the thing is your balls will thank you. I mean, I think that's, you know, that's really cool. I mean, I think it sounds like a good product. I've never used it. Like I said, TJ obviously has and thoroughly enjoyed it. As he said, I mean, I mean, is it something that you do on a daily basis at this point in time? No, I can't say it's something I do on a daily basis. Grumpy. I'll tell you this though. I, again, like it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, 
everybody's obviously nicked themselves down there in some capacity at one point in time or the other. And not having to worry about that and then, you know, just like, bah, and everything that accompanies it is, com- it, I don't know. I enjoyed not having to worry about, well, you know, being extremely precautious. It sounds like something Ben Stiller should have used in something about Mary. Yeah, exactly. So he wouldn't go ahead and get that thing caught on the zipper. Yeah. Just, just roll the track, just reverse on the track. That's all you got to do. <laughs> we got a murder. <laughs> oh, gosh, Grumpy. Oh, um, this numb nuts did. Look at this. Hey, guys, come over here. Take a look at this. That was a funny moment in that movie. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm uh, out of town to look at this. <laughs> that was a good movie. That was a good movie. It was. Well, Grumpy, before we had the roll, you know, our mid roll ad there, I wanted to go ahead and get your opinion on it. And I know it's going to be, the, I'm sure, the same as mine, but I was talking about before, we, you know, we had the ad roll. This is not a, an offseason where the Islanders can, you know, just remain the status quo and say what we have on the team and the improvement under Barry Trotz and more familiarity with the system will get the job done. I don't think this is an offseason we can do that out. So you want my opinion on the manscaping thing? Oh, no, on the Islander thing. Okay, I got you. Yeah, the um, Islanders. Yeah, I mean, this will be three off-seasons in a row where we haven't done anything significant to improve the team. That's assuming that we double. I, I don't – do you really think we are? I mean, it seems like every year we have a plan A, but no plan B or B, plan C. So when plan A goes awry, well, we're just sticking with the same team we had. The first year was re-signing John Tavares. Boop, gone. No changes. Oh, I'm not. I'm sorry. We brought in Matt Martin. And then uh, last year, Artemi Panarin. Boop. He goes to the Rangers. What do we do? Nothing. Well, two years ago, we also brought in Robin Leonard, which was an unbelievably great free agent signing. And then we lost him the year after. Okay. Uh, the only reason we picked him up and was a one-year deal. So it's not like you say that was a big move. Uh, he didn't have any other suitors. And I was all for that for that move, you remember. I thought he was the guy we should have signed. This is before I even knew that he had, you know, the mental health issues that he had. And, you know, I'm just I'm we're glad that that's all over with for him. Uh and that was a that was a really good signing. But, you know, here's the thing, we didn't keep him. We thought Varlamov was a better, you know, a better option. I think we all think it's just so we can uh ease the transition to Ilya Sorokin, and hopefully that is the case. Um so I'm going to give that one a pass for now. Um, but then this year we got Varlamov. Is that really an upgrade? No. And then Derek Broussard. Derek Broussard, okay, he was a guy on the scrap heap. You know, I mean, is that a long term? Is that really good for your team? No, he signed a one-year deal. Um, and then the offseason we signed the greatest number 44 in New York sports history since Reggie Jackson. And – uh Mr. Well, not the offseason. That was that was during the trade deadline. Yeah, I'm just reliving all the moves we haven't made in three years under the Lou Lamarillo regime. It's real short. So, you know, it's not – I mean, it's very easy for me to remember. It's only like two or three things. So even the grumpy old man at his advanced stage uh, of senility can remember those three things. And he has and, – and he brought in, you know, the 87-year-old Andy Green uh, as a rental for 10 games. That's it. That's all he's done in three years here. That's it. That's it. Nothing else. Well, I'll tell you one thing. This offseason, he needs to get his ass to work because there's if we if there's there's definitely moves that can be made to help our team and progress them in the right direction. There's no doubt about it. It's not like we're sitting here without the ability to make trades where we don't have anything on a roster and we don't have any we don't have players that have trade value. We do. Yeah. Okay, but I'm but here's the thing. When last year we resigned all of our aging veterans to long-term deals at, I mean, I'm not saying astronomical numbers, but certainly numbers that maybe would prohibit us from moving them in the future. Uh, I, I think that kind of hamstrung us a little bit. I would much rather go young than go old. And I feel that we're still trending and going old for whatever reason. I just don't think that's the way to go. I, I never have. I have, especially with the way the NHL and the game in the NHL is played today. It's not like it was back in the 80s, you know, the 70s, 80s, and even the early 90s, where older players, there was a lot more physicality of the game. Now, it's a young man's game now. It is a young man's game. You got to be able to skate. They've legislated out the physicality for the most part in the NHL. And then they do the same exact thing in the NFL as well. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're both still physical sports. 
But I mean, player associations and health and, and everything like that and long-term health of these players is obviously kind of ruled out a lot of stuff. I mean, if you get an open, open ice body check where a guy just doesn't have his head up and you hit him, not even on the head, you hit him on the shoulder or you hit him as he's skating by, my God, that causes a brawl every single time. Where if you look back at that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that wasn't the case. I mean, that was just keep your head up, kid. Don't cross the trolley track with your head down. Yeah, I mean, actually, I kind of like the open ice body uh, body checks now because it does start fights because we kind of legislated that out of the game. You know, I was watching a little YouTube channel, uh, watching some old New York Islander fights, and mm, I tell you what, I just love Bobby Nystrom. I, I, I didn't, my, here's the thing, it's been so long since we did a podcast, and I might even brought it up last time, but you know what, it's worth repeating. He takes a body check, and he, he's just dropping the gloves. I mean, a clean check on him, I'm dropping the gloves and I'm going. I mean, multiple times in a game, it's fantastic. Who doesn't love that? I, I mean, I love hockey fights. I feel like starting one right now. I was about to say, Grumpy Old Man, this is, I guess this is what you've been doing in your free time. You've been watching old, old sporting events and, and hockey fights. It's good to know that you've been keeping yourself busy, at least watching some sort of sporting event. Well, it's funny because I see a lot of kids in the neighborhood. Uh, you know, they're on their young kids because they're home from school now. And I can whip all of those young kids, all of them. I mean, they think they're tough, but they're really not. What do you mean by whip? You know, give them a beat if I need to. Knock them on the ground, push them down, bully them a little bit. How old are these kids that you're, quote, unquote, you know, you can bully, Grumpy? Nine, ten. <laughs> any, any one of them. I'm sure, I'm sure they love to see you coming around the neighborhood. They do. They do. I'm, I'm universally loved in my neighborhood. I'm like the mayor of our neighborhood. Everyone knows me. Everyone knows the grumpy old man. Grumpy, I can't tell if you're being serious or not, <laughs> or I this is just serious. your character. I'm being 100% serious. You know, I do not lie on this podcast. Uh, so 100% serious. I'm like the mayor of the neighborhood. Everyone knows the grumpy old man. Everybody knows the grumpy old man. With oh, waves and smiles everywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah, but um, grumpy, this is, again, an odd time period for sports, pod, you know, especially a sports podcast, but you know, just in general history of mankind. Um, this is, I mean, like the time period we're in right now, we'll be able to talk about until um, my kids, and if you have grandkids, your grandkids, grumpy old man. But um, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be definitely one of those times where you look back and you say, oh, I feel, I'm going to feel like, I'm going to feel like an old man when I'm talking about it because it'll, it'll be in history books and everything like that. And obviously, I'm sure I'll have a different view than how it's written in the history book. And I can now relate, or I can see myself being able to relate when I tell my grandkids if I have those. Um, you know, about what actually happened and not, it's not exactly what the history book says. Well, I don't know. I mean, I can't even comment. I mean, I don't, I don't even know how to comment on that. They didn't write, they even write history books anymore. I don't think they even do. Do they even teach that in school anymore? I don't know. I mean, who knows? I guess that's a question for you. I know I was still using textbooks and stuff like that when I was in school. Maybe they don't do that anymore. I, I don't have a kid. I don't have a kid in the school system or anything like that. So I'm not sure. Maybe I, maybe they've gone digital on everything. I think they might have. Well, I just yeah, I don't I don't know. I just uh, I don't I, honestly I don't know what the curriculum is in schools anymore. It seems like uh, we don't really want to teach about American history anymore. From what I understand, uh, we kind of want to go. You know, like it's like nothing existed until 1960 i don't know i was about to say i don't know what they're teaching i'm sure i'll i always loved history but i'm sure <laughs> i'll get a better feel of it you know i have kids and everything like that and they're in the school system but uh, as of right now i don't grumpy um but it's it's a very interesting time period and i feel like i say that at the end of every single podcast because it's true it's an interesting time period it's unprecedented never been seen before hopefully will never be seen again um but, you know, as things continue and, you know, the number of infections and cases in the United States continues to escalate and grow, obviously that pushes back the window further of trying to restart an NHL season. And, you know, there have been certain teams that have taken the ice out of their arena. So, for example, I know the Los Angeles Kings did that. And I think it's the Staples Centers. They took the ice out of the rink. Um, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs arena did that as well. I think they took the ice out of the rink. I wouldn't be shocked if a lot of teams were taking the ice out of the rink right now. And Grumpy, uh, that usually doesn't bode well, possibly for returning the play 
um, with the rest of the regular season and playoffs. Uh, yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with it. I mean, three or four days, you could get a sheet of ice in. So that's not a concern. I get They probably looked at it from a financial standpoint saying, okay, we're not going to play until at least July. You know, how much is it costing us to keep the ice frozen for another two months? I'm just throwing dates out there. I have no idea. I was about uh, to say that does make sense. If from a financial standpoint, that's the case. It does make sense because you're keeping that ice cool and everything of that nature. Obviously, it's going to it's going to be expensive. I mean, it might just be better to go ahead and you know restart the process and go ahead and save on some of those expenses in the meanwhile. I do have an issue, though. I mean, you listen see teams getting ripped and I guess maybe just sports radio you hear that ownership of teams is getting ripped because they're not supporting uh you know their game day employees you know they need that money uh so they kind of get shamed into paying and I I don't want it to sound like they shouldn't get paid but they kind of get shamed into paying these employees who are not working well I'm going to tell you what that's the way it is in the whole rest of the the world if you're not working, you're not getting paid. You see the number of people getting laid off right now. I mean, and I can understand it from a business point of view, but those they're not paying uh, those people who they laid off. I mean, they have to go on unemployment. So I mean, I just, I, I mean, I just see the up the uh, the rage, um, you know, with these teams. Oh, you know, they need to be paying these players. Well, no, they don't. You I mean, mean they need to be paying these employees? Right, the employees. Right, and it's like. You know what? Look at you know. Not everybody is fortunate enough to work for an NHL or an NFL or an, a major league baseball team or a basketball team. You know, that's the majority of the country is not fortunate enough to be in a position like that, and they're not getting paid by their uh, employers. I mean, so you know, I, I mean, maybe these sports radio people should actually think about you know, the other people in this country, not just the people affiliated with sports teams. I mean, okay. It, it, so I, I did not know that sports radio people were trying to rip those organizations. Now I have, I'm sure a little bit of a different take on it than you grumpy for teams. Like for example, if this were to carry over in the NFL for teams, you know, that play in the NFL or the NBA where they make money hand over fits with huge TV contracts and everything of that nature. And their owners, again, again, their owners are obviously extremely wealthy. I don't mind them being held to that standard or whatever the NHL brings in. If you look at the big four, right? You look at baseball, basketball, football, and hockey. Hockey makes the least and it's not even close. So people complaining about, you know, game day employees not being paid. I'm going to let you know something. There's 41 games they have to attend roughly thereabout. Um, that's not their full-time job first off. And it does hurt them that they're not being employed. I mean, Look even at Disney World. Disney World is going to have to start furloughing their employees. And the thing is, they're not getting paid. Disney World had set aside a certain, again, like because I'm big in finance and economics, grumpy old man. That's my field. And a lot of companies did have provision plans in place in case there was ever like a rainy day needed. They need to go ahead and pay employees X amount for a little bit of time. But again, that... That money was not all expansive. It's not enough to go ahead and plan for months and months on end of paying people without work because when it comes down to it, their profits and their revenue are going to be lower because people are not going to be buying certain issues uh, issues and situations. They're not going to be, again, as lush with that funds and revenue, and their fixed expenses aren't getting any lower. Unfortunately, you can't really go ahead and work around those debts. So, I mean, yeah. I think it's a good gesture anytime someone goes out and says, yes, as an owner, we'll make sure all of our game day employees are paid. I think it's a good gesture. I don't think people should be forced into doing that. But I do think the managers or do think the owners that do that deserve a different level of plaudit, in my opinion. I mean, even look at Kevin Love for the NBA. He decided to pay the entire Cleveland Cavaliers game day staff to make sure they didn't miss a paycheck. Stuff like that, when someone goes out of the way, I mean, like that really resonates with me. And that's just an act of kindness. And I don't think people should feel like they have to be obligated to pay, even though it is a good gesture. Yeah, I just and I just, you know, the like the public shaming of people who aren't doing it. I mean, they're running a business. I did not know they're getting public shame, Grumpy. I've not been paying attention at all to sports radio, sports talk. I've been kind of tuned out of that because since I've been working at home, I don't listen to the radio anymore. I haven't been watching really much TV, been sleeping unbelievably long amount of hours now that I feel like I'm at home all the time. 
So things have been definitely different for me since the coronavirus and everything has taken place. Yeah, well, you, I, and you also left out that you're manscaping every day, whether you need it or not. I mean, because you enjoy it so much. That's what it is. That's giving me the serotonin release in my brain to keep me happy during these tough times. Now, this okay, manscape. You know, all kidding apart with the manscaping thing, uh, you did say that it was a wonderful product. So, and I'm just going to take your word for it because I didn't get one. So, you know, it just kind of is what it is. And Grumpy, I'm not going to offer to share mine. I don't think that's necessarily cleansly. Um, but, you know, Grumpy, I can always send you one in the mail in case you want one. Well, I'm just going to say I did not want you to send me and share your manscaping device. <laughs> Whatever it is, I don't know. I did not, I did not want that. So thank you. Oh gosh, grumpy. Um, yeah, I didn't, I did not know that um, people were kind of getting shamed in the public eye for not paying game day employees. I did not know that. Yes. And it's just, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, everyone's doing the best they can. I mean, that's, that's the way I look at it. It's, it's a tough time period. I mean, you even look at unprecedented situation. Uh, never, we've never experienced anything like that uh, in really the world, and certainly not in this country. Um, you know, and I just, I'm not ripping anybody because it's totally uncharted territory what we're going through right now. So exactly, I feel like it's, I feel like it's very short sighted to say yes, you should be doing this. This is the expectation because it's impossible to put yourself in that other person's shoes. Uh, you know what I mean? You never, you don't know until you walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. And so I, again, and I, I always, I love the people who say things like this. They're like, well, you know, they should. They have no problem telling other people what they should be doing with their money. Well, they have money. They should just be giving this to their people. Well, you know what? Would If somebody came up to you and said, you know what? Hey, I need money. You're going to give it to me? They probably would say no. So, I mean, I just, like I said, I don't I don't judge anybody. I never have, uh, you know, except when the Islanders perform poorly. I'm going to judge their, their performance on the ice. But, uh, uh, like I said, I just, I just don't like that. Like I said, we're just... I think we should all kind of band together here as opposed to trying to shame people. Yeah. Well, that's again with the outrage culture that is today grumpy. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's, I did not know that number one that was happening. Um, I will now actually be looking for it. I know the amount of people that filed for unemployment in just two weeks, I believe of March um, in the United States was over 10 million. So yeah. again, we're, you know, there are a lot of people that are out of work and there are a lot of people who have lost their jobs. A lot of people have been laid off. I think the amount of people that have been laid off was over 700,000. And again, that was only two weeks in March. So those people laid off. They're not getting paychecks either. They're, everybody's hurting. And anything is like, okay, the people are hurting. The businesses are hurting. Everybody's hurting because of the coronavirus. I don't think there's anybody out there besides maybe Purell and uh, the toilet paper companies that are saying, yeah, this has actually worked out well for us. Yeah. Um, I just, like I said, I just, uh, it's just, it's just a tough time we're going through. And I, I mean, I just say everyone should kind of band together. Um, you know, let's not, let's put all these petty differences that people have just put them aside. I mean, we're all the same. You know what I'm saying? Let's just, let's not play the blame game or, uh, I mean, I just, I, first of all, I never believe in that, to be honest with you, uh, unless it's Josh Bailey or Brock Nelson or Thomas Hickey. Uh, I don't like to play the blame game, um, and I'm not even blaming TJ. Like if we don't have a good podcast, and usually it is his fault, but you don't hear me say, "Gosh, it's because TJ sucked on the podcast." It's because <laughs> I shackled the grumpy old man too much. That's usually what it is. That's right. But you don't hear me. You don't hear me blaming you for poor performance because I mean I could do that every single podcast, honestly. I guess we're lucky you don't have a social media because we'd be hearing more of that blame being thrown my way if you did. That's not true. I don't play blame. I don't judge. And I don't throw blame. I'm just messing around with you, Grumpy. Um, you know, before we wrap things up, I do want to say one thing. I know it doesn't look like it because you could see me right now through the application we use, which is Squadcast. You could see me, Grumpy old man. But I am happy I got my hair cut about three or four weeks ago before all of the craziness ensued. Because who knows when barbershops are going to open back up where they could start cutting people's hair. And the people that, you know, maybe had, you know, their hair was a little too long before the barbershops closed down. Oh my gosh, I, you're going to have at least, you know what I mean, two possible three months where, you know, maybe the barbershops aren't open and your hair is going to be a little bit longer and uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, and that's the whole thing. You wonder how many of these businesses, especially small businesses that, 
you know, are having to lay people off and they might close their doors and never open again. I mean, I don't think we even know that yet, uh, the long lasting effect on the economy that it's going to have. I, I don't think there's any way to know at this point in time. Um, but at least it's nice. I, I know that they're supposedly going to be sending out money to people based on their last year's 401k. If you make under a certain dollar amount, you'll be getting some money. Uh, in last year's tax return, not 401k, right? Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, I was just thinking about my 401k that went in the tank. Um, uh, but you know, they're going to try to help these people out, which I think is a good thing. So mm. that's all you can do. Yes, it is, Grumpy. Well, I want to thank you for being a part of the podcast as always. I know at the end we kind of deviated away from Islanders stuff and we're just kind of shooting and, and talking. We don't get to talk as much as we used to, not twice a week. Now we're down to once a week. So, you know, maybe people will enjoy the insights of the conversations that, that do that do go on a little bit off the podcast sometimes, Grumpy. But I, I do want to thank you for being a part of this as always. And uh, I just do want to clarify, yes, I do play the blame game when it comes to the Islanders, and I'm very judgmental. So. But thank you so much. Uh, but in, in, my, in, my, in my real life, I am totally not judgmental and play the blame game. But on the podcast, yes, that's what I do. <laughs> well, Grumpy Old Man is an honest one, that is for sure. Uh, thank you for being a part of it. Stay safe, stay healthy, Grumpy Old Man, and all the listeners out there. You know, Practice your social distancing, wash your hands, um, just stay safe. I mean, there's nothing else about it. But thank you, Grumpy, for being a part of the podcast. And uh, thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, you can listen to the podcast on multiple different platforms. Whether you listen to it on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, uh, Spotify, or Google Podcast, you can go ahead and listen to the Hockey Podcast Network's version of the Never Say Die podcast. But thank you again, Grumpy. My pleasure as always. <laughs>